episode of the Teen Financial Freedom Podcast. Jacob here. And today I'm going to be just replaying the uh, second half of that interview I had with Jabbar. The first part of this episode came out a few days ago. So make sure you guys go listen to that first for context. But today we are going to be playing the second part of uh, that interview I had with Jabbar. It was an awesome interview. We talked a lot about long distance real estate investing, how exactly Jabbar went to a different state and was still able to close on his first deal and get tenants in his property without even being there. Then he also talks about structuring partnerships and how you can sort of build a team that allows you to do real estate investing out of state or even out of the country, um, regardless of where you are. So super great episode here. Make sure you guys uh, stay till the end to to hear Jabbar's uh, biggest tip that he has for all of you. But other than that, let's get into it. Welcome to the Teen Financial Freedom Podcast with co-hosts Jacob and Terry. Teen Financial Freedom is a personal finance blog run by teens who are on a mission to equip their peers with the knowledge, resources, and understanding they need to become financially free for the rest of their lives. So yeah, it was really pivotal for me because I realized I can do this from anywhere And that just like kind of changed the way I thought about real estate because I got I was like, man, like they talk about doing stuff like this all all the time on the podcast. And like I'm actually like capable of doing it myself. So that's kind of where I started getting really confident. I was like, man, like, why am I trying to just do house hacking? Like, why not try and get into something like bigger? I need to start expanding my goals because like I have the capability to do that. So that's the experience of like renting out my property from from the desert, essentially. Yeah, well, that's a crazy story, man. And I guess my question and my, my uh, I guess what I'm wondering if you have advice for on is, would you suggest that someone gets into real estate, their first deal out of state? I know a lot of people say, keep it in state, keep it local. For me, I'm in Colorado. Um, the prices here are ridiculous. And I just don't think I can find as good of a deal as I want here compared to other states. And so I'm wondering, you know, what would you think about somebody looking for a um, more of a long distance real estate property to invest in? Would you advise against that? Would you think it's feasible? So like I said before, I think it's literally all about figuring it out. So you have to fight that battle, though, to like figuring things out, because Mm -hmm. if you're not willing to fight that battle like me, I don't want to do wholesaling right now. It is not appealing to me. I don't want to fight that battle to figure it out. But for Airbnbs, I that excites me. It gets me fired up. So I'm I'm fighting that battle to figure out Airbnbs, even though they're a little bit more active and it's going to be out of state. So it's like for your first one, I think if you have, it's just looking at what resources you have and just like fighting that battle of figuring it out in another area. So that means understanding that market, knowing it better than you know your own market, like having networking connections. Like I would know tons of investors in the area. And I'd also know like tons of real estate agents. I would know tons of lenders. I'd know contractors. That's the big one in handyman. But as long as you put together like your team, David Green talks about this in his book on long distance real estate investing. It's called your core four. And that's like basically your contractor, your handyman, your real estate agent, and then your lender. So if you have those four people and then, you know, maybe like a, 
like an additional few, just like for like a mentor sort of type of thing. Just not really a mentor, but just some some backup, like just some people who are in that area that you can trust. I think you can invest anywhere. It doesn't matter if it's your first deal or your 10th. You just have to fight the battle to figure it out. And then also looking within your own like individual resources. Right. So you might not maybe if Colorado's too expensive or maybe the area in Colorado that's too expensive, maybe like if you go 45 minutes out, you can find something that works amazingly. Or maybe like you have family in in Georgia or maybe, you know, me, right. You know me Mm -hmm. and you know that I'm investing in in Savannah, so you can kind of like network and we could set something up where you could get like, we could, you could confidently invest from out of state in my market. It's just like, who do you know? Who do you like, know, and trust in these areas? Because the boots on the ground is really what you need. You don't need to be there. Like you don't like to see the property. I think that's more so emotional. You need a good, you need your real estate agent to take that FaceTime video and you need an inspection report. And it may be your contractor to give you a bid on what it will cost to fix out any discrepancies. But I mean, you just need to figure out all the logistics of doing it out of state. There's just additional steps because you are forced to run it like a business because you'll be crushed if you run it like a hobby, as opposed Mm -hmm. to like something local. You can get away with doing things yourself, therefore being able to put them off a little bit longer, whereas out of state, you don't have that luxury. So I think like, honestly, from like an education and investment standpoint, it might be beneficial for some people to go out of state because they'll be forced to operate it on a different level that I think might help them with their business, like moving forward. Gotcha. Okay. Good to know. Uh, and then I guess the next thing I want to ask you about is your, your next property you're working on. You're working toward a short-term rental with a partner. I mean, the main thing I'm curious to know, you can talk about whatever you want when it comes to this, but um, the main thing I'm kind of curious to know is how exactly did you go about structuring that partnership? We talked about it a little bit before the podcast, but I'd like to hear just a bit more about um, how you structured that that partnership, what exactly each partner is bringing to the table, and then um, the percentage of ownership that each partner has, just because um, that's kind of something I'm looking into right now is doing my first deal or deals with other partners. Uh, and so I'm kind of just curious about how you went about structuring that partnership. Yeah. So I can tell you, let me just explain also as well where it came from. So the reason why, and I figured this out while I was in the field after like kind of being comfortable with my rooms, getting rented out. And I started thinking like, I have this goal of achieving $300,000 a year in cash flow by 25. I 2X it to 600,000 because I felt like I I felt even confident at that point that I could hit $300,000 like really confidently, but $600,000, I was like, Oh, like that's hard. Like that's going to take some work. And so because of that, that's why I'm working towards it. So I make $20,000 a year in the military. So it is like super difficult to be able to like keep qualifying for loans. It's difficult to save money because I get crushed by baseline expenses. My car breaks down as $3,000. That's like what, like two months, three months worth of income that just got sucked out from my net, like my funds for my next investment. So I knew that like in order for me to hit my goals and in order for me to scale, I needed to bring on people who could, who could come into the place of the deals or, or my goals where I was missing out. So my money is better spent just as reserves. 
So I was like, I need to just build, keep building up my reserves. I need to start leveraging other people's money, other people's credit, other people's experiences if I want to hit my goals. So mm-hmm. um, it, with structuring the partnership, I started with a 50-50. That person brings the down payment and that person brings the, uh, and that person gets the mortgage and then I do everything. So I manage the deal. I find the deal. I make the connections. I do all the research. And like this stuff takes hours and hours to figure out. So I knew my target was like these high net worth individuals who like work really hard at their jobs, but don't have a lot of time. And so I feel like if I'm getting them 20 to 30 percent returns on their money projected, that's better than them putting it in their stocks or 401ks, even buying a turnkey property, because those things don't do more than 12. I mean, optimistically. So with keeping all that in mind, I started just pitching to people. Um, the person that I trained and coached, or not trained, but I'd say coached to uh, rent my rooms while I was gone, He, his mother expressed interest in investing with me. So I pitched to her. That was the first person I pitched to. And I, that it went horrible. I was nervous, <laughs> scared. And like I knew what I was talking about. But I didn't, I struggled pitching it in a way that she could understand because I, I am knowledgeable about what I'm doing, but I have to, I'm working on becoming better at talking to people who know nothing at the level that they need to understand. So I'm making like a framework now and trying to make this like concept into like something that's really easy to understand, like house hacking or burr. Those are like easy to understand concepts rather than like, Hey, you're going to get the down payment, blah, blah, blah. So I pitched to her. It failed. She just like cut me off. I started pitching to family, nothing. And so like, and I've pitched the family before, nothing there. But so then that's when I started just telling everybody what I was doing. So how do I say this? So someone who I work, who I don't work, who basically is really high up there if with who I work with and I don't work with them directly. So it's not fraternization for anyone at my work who may listen to this part partnership or this podcast, sorry. They express interest in investing in me, not based off of anything like the deal or anything. They just want to invest because they they were like this. They literally said, I believe that you'll be successful and you can figure this out. They saw kind of how I was doing things from Arizona and they were just like, I want to like hitch basically my carriage to your horse because I know that you're going to go far and I know that you're going to just, you're going to kill it. So they like, without, they gave me like a blind, they gave me a soft commitment um, to basically, they're lending me a lot of money, like $80,000. So I was like, all right, now I have the private capital. So like, I, I I have the money now. So what, and this came from networking, by the way, and this wasn't because private money, I just want to clarify this, is like people you, people who like, know, and trust you. So like, this is not a family member. This is not someone I talk all the time to. This is just someone in my sphere of influence that believed in me and trust that I'm going to return his money with the investment as agreed and enough to give me the money that I needed to, you know, go forth with my business. Mm -hmm. So I had the money at this point. So then the way I was like, now I have the money. So I needed someone to get the loan, which I needed anyways. So then I started networking with that and that was even harder. So I kept getting those there, even though like now they're getting an opportunity to invest in real estate with like none of their own money. They're just securing a mortgage and they're going to make a lot of money. Like, like they're going to make like a thousand dollars plus a month. And like people just like came from it from a place of emotion. So they saw how much I'm making. So they're like, eh, I don't, you know, they're like, 
um, they feel like maybe it's a scam or it's too good to be true, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, so as I started talking more to investors and networking with investors who are actually in real estate and evaluate things a little bit more based on the numbers, I started having more success in my pitch to them about partnering with this deal. And basically the structure here is I'm bringing the down payment and then I'm like going to be running like the, the day-to-day operation and they're just doing the behind the scenes stuff. So they're thinking like your finance, bookkeeping, marketing, like website, operations. So dealing with vendors, making sure that they're paid, like that's the stuff that they're taking care of. And I'm just taking care of like the guest relations, like the, um, the listing, making sure it's optimized, dealing with Airbnb, like kind of indifferences that you might have like claims and like that sort of thing. And they're doing like the behind the thing stuff. Mm-hmm. And so they're just securing the mortgage. So that's their, their financial backing is they're, they're going to get the mortgage. And so we're going to split things. Cash flow is getting split 50, 50. And then um, equity, like ownership is getting 50, 50. The legal structure is a little bit more complicated than I think we should get into right now, just because it's like a bunch of LLCs and, and there's other LLCs and trust and whatever, but mm-hmm. that's how we're structuring things. But I think the, the tip for everybody here is like, there are people around you who like, know, and trust you that want to get returns on their money or that want to invest. They might not want to invest in real estate. They might want to invest in you though. They might be willing to, if they trust you. So like tell every single person even if you don't think they have money, if you do think they have money, just like, just tell them what they're doing. So I literally make an intentional effort to tell everybody that is around me, even random people that I don't know about what I'm doing and then about real estate and stuff like that, because you never know who's going to be your next private money lender, your next equity partner, your next deal, like the next person to bring you a deal, the next person who has something like, so you just have to keep on putting it out there because there's so much opportunity that can just come, but you cannot, you can't capitalize on that opportunity if you're just keeping everything to yourself. So just tell everybody what you're doing. Love that. All right, Jabbar, I think we're going to wrap this episode up. I'll leave you to say whatever you want here, but if there's anything you want to add, any final tips, or if there, uh, if you kind of have a call to action for our audience, if you have somewhere where you want them to check out what you're doing, learn more about you, connect with you, whatever you want, man, the floor is yours. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on here, Jacob. I really appreciate it. It was awesome getting to talk for so long about my story. But my call to action to you guys is like, take action as soon as possible. If you have the slightest inclination that you know a little bit about what you're doing, just shoot, like fire, ready, aim. You'll figure it out. So just take action as soon as possible. Because once you get over that first deal, I promise you, you will feel, you'll have the confidence, you'll have the experience, and you'll have a lot more credibility to take on more deals. So stop thinking about how you're going to get to deal number 10 and just really focus on the first one because there's so much power in that first deal. You guys can connect with me. I make TikToks about what my journey and I post on Instagram a lot. My TikTok and Instagram is Jabbar underscore investor. So that's J-A-B-B-A-R underscore invest star. So I-N-V-E-S-T-A-R. So instead of invest or invest star. Also, you can see me in Sheik's Freaks. That's the mastermind that me and you are both in. I'm always super responsive. And there, if you send me a DM, I'll try and help you as best as I can. So because I love adding value. Awesome. Thank you very much, Jabbar, for coming on today. 
Yes, sir. Thank you for listening to the Teen Finance for Freedom podcast. We would greatly appreciate it if you could subscribe, leave a review, and share this with someone who needs it. 